This is Stephanie Nelson, host of the Pivotal People podcast. We have great conversations with all kinds of interesting people who are making a difference in the world. Follow us and leave a review if you like this episode so that more people can find us. Thanks for listening. Well, good morning, Domily. I say it's good morning. Actually, <laughs> it is about 5.30 p.m. for you. I am 10.30 a.m. on the East Coast in the United States. You are in Uganda. So it's kind of yes. neat. I'm talking to you in the future. <laughs> yes, it's really, really interesting that it's just such a time difference. God is good. It's neat. <laughs> that's that's right. And here we can. You are clear across mm-hmm. the world from me. And we can have mm-hmm. this conversation on a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. I love that. So let me tell you quickly how I discovered you. Mm-hmm. I met a friend a few months ago at a workshop, and she mm-hmm. told me, about your story. Mm -hmm. You run a few different orphanages with your siblings in Uganda. It's an unbelievably beautiful story. And I am just excited that you're willing to share it with us because these are the kinds of stories that we may not be in the same situation you're in, but Mm -hmm. we can reach out to people in our own lives in this way. And importantly, I think Mm -hmm. we can probably help you. So I'll quickly introduce Damali, is mm-hmm. a 38-year-old woman and mother mm-hmm. in Uganda, as I said. She mm-hmm. is the founder and leader of an organization called sunriseministriesinc.org. We have the website URL in the show notes if you'd like to learn more about it. Mm-hmm. She is a native of Uganda. and. Yes. I'm going to end it there because Damali is going to share her personal story with us and Mm -hmm. share with us how God led her to do this amazing work. So thank you for Mm -hmm. being with us, Damali. Welcome. So much, Stephanie, for inviting me. I feel so privileged and honored to be able to share about Uganda and about my life and my testimony and what God has done through so much heartbreak, and yet he made something beautiful out of it. So I'm excited to be able to share with friends all over the world about Uganda and about this journey that God uh, led me on. Like Stephanie said, my name is Damari Mirembe. I'm born in Uganda. I'm a Ugandan. When I was very young, Stephanie, I lost both my parents to HIV and AIDS. So um, being a young kid, I went to live with my uncle. And uh, at my uncle's place, he was also very sick from HIV and AIDS as well. So he passed away. So we remained with just our grandmother, and she was really old. Most people in Uganda depend on agriculture. And if you are really old, that means you can't be able to grow food for all these grandkids that you have. So we were... 10 siblings all together, like my brothers and my sisters, and then my nieces and nephews, all of us having to depend on this old woman. So fortunately, one of our uncles who lived in town heard about a missionary, a missionary from, uh, from the United States of America. His name is Mr. Wayne Walker. He had begun an orphanage home in Uganda. He was an American war veteran, so he had no legs. But God led him to come to Uganda and begin this orphanage home where we were fortunate enough to be able to go to live in this place. 
So one day as we were playing in the village, in our village, my uncle came and he told all of us to get dressed. And we were excited. Little kids love going in the cars. So we were all very excited. He told all of us to get ready, put on our best clothes. We were going somewhere. So we ended up at this uh, orphanage. It was a storied building. And it was a, a happy place. There were toys everywhere. We, in the village, you don't have actual toys. Of course, you play with sticks and stones and stuff, but not actual toys. So out came his wife, Mrs. Bonisu. She passed away from cancer many, several years ago. But she was this blonde woman, like you, Stephanie, <laughs> with blue eyes. And when you're from the village, you've never seen a muzungu. Muzungu means white person in our language. So we had never seen a Muzungu, a white person. And the, the very first one you see is a very blonde one with very blue eyes. So we were kind of a little scared and we're like, ah, what kind of person is this? So then she hugs us and makes us feel loved. And out came Daddy Walker with his wheelchair and no legs. And that was like, ah, he's, you know. We were, and they were just hugged on us and loved on us. And our uncle left us in this place. And it was really a happy place to grow up in. In this place, we were given education. We were taught about Jesus. We used to have quiet time and prayer time. They used to read for us the word of God. It was a beautiful place. We had so many other friends to play with. And this American war veteran, Mr. Wayne Walker, would use his pension He's American, I think American veterans get pension. So he used that pension to be able to take care of us here in Uganda. And of course, uh, those days in the 90s, because we joined, I think, around 1996 there or 90s, that's when we joined the orphanage. So there weren't so many like social media like right now. So they use mostly to write letters. So support was sometimes hard. So we had to pray a lot to be able to. But before we go to praying, in this orphanage home, because of the Christian influence, I was able to give my life to Christ. Praise God. And I really, really thank God for that. That was the best gift. Out of all those things that I got from the orphanage, the best thing that I received from this home was salvation. Because this salvation has carried me through so many heartbreaks, so many, like throughout my life's journey, I know I have somebody to lean on. I know that I'm never alone. So all this feeding and education and everything else, it was good. But the best gift I received from this home was salvation, to be able to receive Christ in my heart and have a relationship with him. So we continue to grow up. I, they are in the, this wonderful orphanage. It is called Good Shepherd's Fold. And as we grew up, I went to university. At university, I was able to do social work and psychology. So I graduated. I, did, I, I got a very good degree and I was ready to work. But as a little girl, because I saw so many missionaries changing the country and Uganda and helping so many people, I also wanted to be a missionary. So I always shared with the missionaries, I always shared with everybody when I was a young teenage girl, I'm like, oh, I want to be a missionary. So when I finished university, I joined Samaritan's Pass, International Relief, and I worked with them in their orphan care equip project. I really loved working there, but still there was something in my heart about working directly with orphans because that has been my life story. And that is how God, you know, met me and changed my life. 
And I saw so many mothers dying in childbirth, so many women in Uganda. You'll be shocked how many women die in childbirth. Like so many young kids don't make it to their first birthday because of preventable illnesses and diseases. And I was so touched by all this and I wanted to begin a ministry that would help children and pay it forward for what has been, was given to me. Because the Bible tells us to whom much is given, much is expected. So I feel that much was given to me at this orphanage home. And I, I wanted to be able to pay it forward and help others and share the gospel with them. So in faith, I began uh, the Sunrise Baby Home. And as, I, as the babies were growing up and they were thriving, they have nowhere to go. But first, let me tell you how I began the baby home. So as a 23, 24-year-old, fresh from university, I shared with my parents, my parents, because they run the orphanage home, when the workers left, the watchers came in. So they are the ones that took on the orphanage, and I called them my parents because it's really hard adopted. I shared with them, I told them I want to begin a baby's home, and they sent me a little bit of money. I didn't have everything all I had was my faith. So from there, I, I just bought a few beds. I bought some formula and I had nothing else. All I had was my faith. And I said, Lord, you've called me to do this. And I believe that you will carry me through. So I shared with the pastors, people in our villages and communities. I told them what I wanted to do. And they, one of the pastors told me he wanted to, he wanted to, he had two kids a twin kids, that he, babies that he wanted to bring to me. So I told him, okay, you'll bring the twins. Those were my very first babies. So I told him, okay, you'll bring the, the babies when you get time. So he went, his name is Pastor Robert. He came and then he came to my door and he's like, oh, I've brought the baby. I was like, where is the other baby? He told me the other baby died from, from starvation. So I was like, okay, now this other one that is remaining, I opened up cloth after cloth after cloth, and what was remaining was a skeleton of a baby. And here I am, I've never had a kid before. This is my first baby in my life, and it's a deathly ill, malnourished, starving baby. And I, I, I used to sleep and be scared that by morning this baby would pass away. But praise God, this baby Stephen did not pass away. Few months later, he got chubby, he was strong, he was healthy and doing well, along with others that came in, the first few that came in. And from there, I knew that the Lord would carry me through this journey. So then I began the Sunrise Baby Home, the kids were growing, but as they turned three or four, they have to begin school. So I spoke with my brother, Ivan Mokulu, and he's, he hadn't gotten married yet. So he told me uh, he was a pastor. He had studied theology. So he, I told him, now I have all these babies that have graduated. They have nowhere to go. Some of them were abandoned in the hospital or left on my gate. So what am I going to do? Uh, well, he prayed about it. And the Lord led him to begin the Sunrise Children's Home. Oh. So he began the Children's Home. So from the baby home, I would pour into the children's home. So uh, the babies, the children began to grow. They've built a Christian school there. The children learn about Jesus daily. Many of them have accepted Christ just like I did in the orphanage home where I grew up and they are doing well. And then we have a girl's home 
because a lot of girls, sometimes young girls, 13, 10, 11, 9, when they're often, sometimes they end up on the streets. So when they're on the streets, you know what can happen to a young girl on the street. So many things could happen to a young girl on the street. So my other brother is an artist and he used to teach them, but at, in the evening when he would leave, because he would teach them for free, they would be crying. They'd be like, we don't want to go back home. And he would be like, why? Because we are abused, we are beaten, we are sexually assaulted. And it would be hard for him to leave them and not protect them. So he began the Mirembe Cottage of, uh, for street girls, where he has rescued, uh, I think right now he has 40 girls in the home. And these are girls who have been sexually abused, physically beaten up, and just gone through all kinds of abuse. They are doing well. Their love for Christ shines through. Many of them have given their lives to Christ. Some of them are doing so well in high school. So that is basically about Sunrise Baby Home and about myself later on as I began the baby home. I, got, I found a nice guy and I got married. I have three beautiful daughters. <laughs> And one of them is artistic. I don't know if you know what that is. Yes. But yeah, it's artistic. So that has been a challenge for me. But like I said, receiving salvation at the orphanage, many challenges in life. I know that I don't have to go through them alone. I have Christ who helps me, who leads me. And that really has always strengthened me. Yes. So that is mostly about my life's journey and maybe about the country that I am I'm serving in, you might ask, uh, how is it that there are so many orphans? How is it that there is no government system to help? How is it that, you know, all these things happen? So uh, Uganda is a third world country. It is in East Africa. The size of Uganda is maybe, if you know Oregon, Oregon state, Oregon, it's yeah. the size of Oregon. And it is a country of over 40 million. So take 40 million people, and put them in Oregon State. So that's where we are in Uganda. The maternity rate is really, really high. Maternal like death rate uh, is very high and uh, very many preventable diseases. We call them uh, the six killer diseases. Among them is the malaria, waterborne diseases, tuberculosis, just really preventable diseases, chickenpox, measles, Diseases do kill a lot of babies, and uh, most people here depend on agriculture. So it's a really, it's a very poor country. The gap between the rich and the poor is very big. So majority of Ugandans are very poor, and then there is a handful of Ugandans who are so so rich. So most people end up suffering in poverty and in desperation. These people may abandon these kids, and HIV/AIDS is a rampant disease here in our country because it's a polygamous nature. We are Ugandans or Africans in this particular part of East Africa. They believe so much in polygamy. So if one man has four wives and then he's infected with HIV and then he dies, he's infected four women. So these four women will remain other polygamous families. So the disease just keep on expanding um, because of some donations and uh, from USAID, the prevalence of HIV is going down and also babies are born without HIV because they take the medication. Uh, once here you are found pregnant, you are taken to the hospital to be tested for HIV. If you're found positive, according to government, you are supposed to take your medication. 
However, so many people don't have the privilege of getting to a healthy center, a good health center with medication. So that is also a challenge in our country. Uh, medical, medical health, medical facilities that are actually that actually have a medicine to use. So we have doctors that are desperate. They want to work, but they have no supplies to use. So even if a doctor wanted to save a life, it would be very difficult for them because they don't have anything to use, even the simplest of things. And they can maybe prescribe medicine to these people, but still they cannot be able to buy the medication. So it becomes a big challenge. And that is it about Uganda. However, the other side of Uganda is people are very happy. <laughs> Ugandan people are some of the friendliest people you'll meet. Stephanie, if you ever come to Uganda, you'll see that people are so friendly. They are happy people despite all the things that they go through. And they are hardworking people. It's just that there are no jobs, but they love to work. They really do want to work. But opportunities for work is, is not anywhere. But we are one of some of the happiest people in the world. So... That's something about you. <laughs> well, your faith, just, I have not said a word because I am hanging on every word you're saying, Jamali. I didn't know what to expect from our conversation. I had read your website and I've seen this incredible work. If people could see her right now, she just has a big smile on her face the whole time. And this mm-hmm. is a woman who has obviously been through some real difficulties and she is mm-hmm. touching, she is saving lives. She is touching lives. She is bringing people to faith. Molly is 38 years old and she started her first baby orphanage at the age of 23. So she has been making a difference for 15 years. As I looked at your website, this is the first podcast I've gotten emotional in. Okay. As I looked at your website and I saw all of the different ways that people like me could help Sunrise Ministries is actually a nonprofit organization based in Florida. It is a 501c3. People can donate money. There's all kinds of opportunities, opportunities to sponsor children, opportunities to donate to specific programs. You can just give money. Mm -hmm. Trust me, this woman is going to use it in a way that's going to make a big difference in people's lives. What Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, I knew before this podcast that I was going to make a donation to Damali, but here's Mm -hmm. what we're going to do. If people listening to this podcast feel called to make any sort of donation to Damali's organization, again, you can find the URL in the show notes, please indicate that you heard about it on this podcast. And I will personally match every single donation that comes in for Damali's organization, because I am so thankful that we found her. I am so thankful that there's an easy way for us to hear about her. I am so thankful that there are people like her and that we can make a difference. We can make a big difference supporting people like Damali with something as simple as money. So I mm-hmm. want to thank you, Damali, for sharing your story. And mm-hmm. maybe you could tell us a few specific ways mm-hmm. that sponsorship dollars are used mm-hmm. in your programs. For example, with, with the baby home, we don't have a specific sponsorship for the baby home projects because we have three projects there or four. But let me start with the baby home. We don't have a particular sponsorship. You give a general donation. Uh, why you give a general donation is because, like I said, I rescue deathly ill, malnourished babies. Sometimes I take them in for a day. Sometimes I, they need to be taken in for a month. Sometimes they need, to, and then I return them in the community. So it keeps on 
uh, it keeps on changing and rotating. Once I, I rescue a baby, I, I fatten it up, it becomes healthy. I look for somewhere to put it, either to the children's home or in the community with a Ugandan family. I do local adoptions with the Ugandans. So that's why it is not for a particular child. Like recently, I... Uh, I admitted a baby, very, very severely mal malnourished but babies. And um, they all needed like intensive medical care because as you know, if you've lost all your body weight, you, you are prone to diseases. So every little thing, infections, malaria, everything infects you. So they spend like a month in the hospital. And sometimes the abuse that these babies go through, there's one called Christine, her own mother hid her under the bed oh for several was, yeah, so she would hide her in and out of the room so that she can die. But this baby held on to her dear life. And the police was able to find her and call me. And I was able to send my social worker, get up, immediately take to the hospital. So it is babies like this that we rescue. And once we get them healthy, we put them back in the community or find a place for them to go. So it keeps on coming and going, coming and going. So anything you can donate towards this, you can be sure. It rescues a malnourished baby. It rescues a baby that is being abused. It buys formula. It buys diapers. It goes towards uh, helping to take care of the baby's transportation to the hospital, medical bills. And the more I have, the more babies I'm able to rescue, feed, and then share Christ with later on in their lives. And then we have the children's home. Children's home is where it is the long term you, as in like, you can be a personal sponsorship to a child. You can have a relationship with this child. You can write them often. You can, they can share what they want to be their life. You know, you can be part of their lives. So that is the children's home, which is run by my brother, Pastor Ivan Mukulu. And then we have the girls' home. The girls' home, you can do also personal sponsorships. Here you get to interact with one of the girls that has been rescued from the streets. You'll be able to have a relationship, write letters to them often, and just get to follow what is going on. And then we have a Melchizedek Pastoral School where we train pastors. We try to share the gospel as much as we can. So my brother, uh, that this here we plant churches he's planted i think nine or ten churches so far and he's and he keeps on training because these pastors feel led to to preach but they have they know nothing about you know teaching the word of god so he he goes and trains them so if you give to the train to the pastoral training you are helping to plant a church you are helping to teach a pastor to be able to go back in his village and share the gospel so all these ministries are very important. So for the baby home, you can give a one-time donation or annually you can choose an amount and say, okay, maybe every year or every month I'll give this amount towards rescuing a malnourished baby or towards rescuing lives. So we are at the front, forefront of, you know, getting this baby and making sure that they come, they become healthy and medical and feeding. And it's like, you know, a newborn, <laughs> you have newborns. You know, I'm, I'm listening to you, Damali, and I just want to emphasize to everyone listening and everyone has heard you and um, probably a few people like who are listening to this are feeling the way I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Let's just review. Damali mm -hmm. was an orphan a extremely generous man who didn't even have legs, who had been injured fighting for our country's freedom, 
Mm-hmm. Using his veteran's pension, which we all know in the United States is not a lot of money. He mm-hmm. made a decision to give his money and his life's work instead of feeling sorry for himself. And he saved who knows how many children and just one of them was Damali. And one mm-hmm. of them was Damali's brother. And mm-hmm. look at how God multiplied her faith and her energy and what little money she had. Look how God multiplied that. So when I think about giving you money to Molly, I, it just, I don't know how God's going to use it. Maybe on the other side of this, maybe in heaven, I'm going to learn, but I'm excited about it. So I want to say again, it's a nonprofit 501c3. It is sunrise sun, like S O N sunrise ministries, Inc.org. Again, the link is in the show notes. If you indicate in your donation that you heard about this on the Pivotal People podcast or Stephanie Nelson or whatever it is you want to say, just put podcast. I'm sure I'm the, I will match that. And I am so excited to see how God is going to use this. And I'm so excited to Molly to start this friendship because I want to stay in touch with you. And I've never been to Uganda, but this is the first time I ever thought I'd like to go. So I want to thank you. I want to thank you so much for spending time with us. I want to thank you Mm -hmm. so much for what you are doing for those children, what you're doing for God. I want to thank you for inspiring us. And um, I am just excited to see you're young. Mm -hmm. You're only 38 years old. I'm excited to see what God has in store. And I think a lot of us are going to be watching you. So thank thank you you so much. And I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you so much, Stephanie. God bless you. God bless you. (laughs) Thanks for listening today. We hope you're inspired. And if you like the episode, please take a moment to go to your podcast platform and follow us and leave a review so more people can find us. Now go out and be the pivotal person that you are.